At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? What would you do if you had to face the war, destruction, loss of family members, domestic violence, sexual abuse, and completely relocate yourself in different parts of the world and then turn everything upside down and create something so powerful that is impacting humanity, like empowering humanity TV programming. Today's guest on Legacy Leader Show, I absolutely cannot wait to introduce you to because she is joining us from Las Vegas and she has so much to share, including her path of education with us dyslexic and someone that really struggled in an era when there was no much provision or understanding what dyslexia it is and how she can learn. And guess what? My today's guest took all those ads and turn things around. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear directly from Amy Kardashian. Hi, Amy, how are you? Fine, how are you? Always remember, not Kardashian. <laughs> A lot of people <laughs> get confused. So, yes, yeah. it's <laughs> Kardashian, not Kardashian. And it's a, such a cute um, slogan in a way, because you're right, the world of Kardashians is still very prevalent, at least in the United States, in our social media, isn't it? Yes, I'm, I'm not saying anything wrong about anybody, but it's it just like a lot of people say, are you related or not? I'm just like, no, I'm Kardashian, not Kardashian. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit different. And uh, also we have a different, uh, come from a different uh, perspective. Yes, and upbringing is, yes, and you are here with us, obviously, Legacy Leaders Show, and where we want to literally hear your story, but you are definitely having some interesting background. You came uh, under very difficult circumstances after you survived so much in Lebanon. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your upbringing and how did you overcome some of those challenges to get to the United States? Well, uh, actually, what made me who I am today, what made what what created EmpowerHumanityTV.com is the experiences I went through 13 years in the war is what built came from passion. So Empowering Humanity didn't come just because, oh, I believe in Empowering Humanity. It came from pain. It came from experience. It came from, from a child who cried, seeing her brother dying in front of her eyes to a bomb at 12 year old, seeing her mother wanted to throw herself from the window and her father's just trying to hold her back, seeing her running, crying to save her brother, seeing... Uh, left alone in the mountain, not able to reach to reach her family when she's had to take care of six-year-old brother, digging in the garbage to find food, when she had to stay with no electricity, no water, no food in the mountain, not knowing if she ever going to see her parents again, ever. <clears throat> it's coming from the pain of the children that who suffered through war, 
who, who cry for humanity to pay attention to what happens to children who grew up in a war. And it's coming from a mother who had, from a mother who that child, the 12 year old, she became a mother at 15. She got married at 14 because her mother couldn't beat her anymore. And it came from a pain of a mother who had to save her daughter in the middle of the night to, from when the bomb starts, had to run to the school to grab her daughter from school when the bomb starts to drop had to make sure when she's walking in the streets, there is no bombing going around. There's which, which car is gonna blow up? How am I gonna protect my daughter? Calculating where would I go? How would I protect my daughter? It came from a pain, came from, it came from, from crying, mm. from, from crying, from, from um, crying for children, crying for mothers and crying for humanity, for all humanity. It mm. came from a, from a perspective of a child, from a perspective of a mother, from a perspective of a of, of sister, uh, a, a daughter, you know, came from a perspective of a human being. And that's what I am all about. I'm mm. fighting for us. I'm fighting for the mother, for the child, for the sister for the woman. So everything I went through, I get the opportunity to come to the United States. I didn't come as refugee. I came here, I had a visa, but I saw an opportunity. Nobody thought I could stay. And they told me, well, we'll buy you a ticket and go back to your country because you cannot make it here. You don't have anything. I had less than $200 in my pocket, 10-year-old daughter. I was 25 years old. I didn't know how to speak English. I was a house a couch homeless, but they didn't know what I had. See, they didn't know what I had. I had something more powerful than money. I had something more powerful than anything, anything you, could, you could have language or money or whatever you might want to call it. I had fire inside of me to survive for me and my daughter. And I kept going and I kept going with only fourth grade education. I found my way and I knew there is something special for me here. Now, in my country, I would never, I love my country, of course, but I would never get opportunity as a fourth grade educator to have a book one day, to be an entrepreneur one day. But in this country, I had that opportunity and I grabbed it. I grabbed mm -hmm. the opportunity so I could be light for others around the world. I wanted to represent the United States in a way, in a different way, not in a fashion way. Not what I have a house and I have a car and I could make a lot of money here. No, I could be the author. I could be the messenger. I could be who I could be, even if I have only fourth grade education. You see, that's the power of being in the United States. If we could understand that, we could be, we really could drive ourselves um, to be, 
leading the world in a very peaceful and loving way. Because we do have that power here. It's not an easy journey either. I think you know that. It wasn't an easy journey for me. That's another book. That's another story. 30 years, that's another story. How hard it was just to get to where I am today. My husband always tells me, well, that's another book. Oh yeah, but I had an opportunity here. That's the difference. Mm. The difference is here we have an opportunity. So with that in mind, I mean, you obviously went through a lot of changes in your life and you did not give up. Just the fact to be for 13 years in a war, it's not easy. Uh, specifically as a child, uh, both of us are war survivors. So I was not remotely even close long enough as you were. And I remember how much that affected me in so many ways, how much that affected my family and um, how much that tear us apart in terms of geographic regions where we end up being living and then also of losing loved ones as well. And what kept you going? Because you had a million and one reason to give up. And how did you find the strength? Because from those early, most difficult, challenging times when you were taking care of, you were a little girl yourself, taking care of a six-year-old brother in a mountain's middle of nowhere, how did you find inner strength? Well, it's something miraculously happened in that mountain. And, and that experience, <clears throat> now I'm finally finding the courage to talk about it because I did talk about it in the book, but I kind of like talked about it very little. And I'm like, okay, people will understand it. But some people who understood it, they came back to me and said, we need to know more about this experience. We need to learn more about it. I did not want to really put it in the public because then it will take me more deeper in this subject. And um, I don't like attention and this is going to bring more attention. But I have the responsibility now. So I decided, yes, I need to share that part of the story, <clears throat> which is I'm going to share with you right now. What happened in that mountain when I was left alone with my brother in the, in the boarding school, it was a really rundown board, boarding school. And we were just less than 50 kids over there. And I was the only one who lost the brother. It was the beginning of the war. And when I saw my brother um, uh, digging into the garbage <clears throat> and one night it was, really, really bad. I mean, from the mountain, you could see Beirut, how a lot of fights going on and you could see the, the bombing flying everywhere. I, at that night, I said, there is no way I'm gonna see anyone anymore. The whole family is gone. I was in a dark place. In the afternoon, I it came, I, I just was in a really dark place. <clears throat> My brother crying, he wants his mom. I was in a dark, dark place. I sat down under the tree. I put my head on my back and I had nowhere to go but to look up from a deep, deep, deep in my heart. I looked up and I 
literally prayed. And I said, I'm scared, I'm afraid, and I have nowhere, I have nobody to talk to, and I need help. But the way I dug deep, it was very powerful. I mean, it almost like one to different dimension, if I have to explain it now. And very soon, I felt light around me. And that light started to fill up the darkness that I felt inside of me. It started to fill it up with feeling that I don't know if I can ever explain, but the only way I can explain it is like filled up with light. It's kind of like feeling the happiness that something is like when you feel light, you're opening, opening is different. And then I felt like a snowball, small. It was going around, around, and then, and then went over around my heart and here. And what <clears throat> it, I understood back then, it was known without someone explained to me. It was something with, without somebody could tell me what it is, but it it was known. That was my spirit. And I understood this is a spirit that I needed to take care of. It was given and I needed to take care of. From that day on, <clears throat> I was led through that light. I was mm -hmm. led through that spirit. And I also, I understood when I don't forgive, when I am upset, I'm upsetting my spirit when i i am um having resentment i'm resenting i'm upsetting my spirit so i always learn to protect that light inside of me hmm. that kept me going to have the responsibility to take care of the light inside of me which today i say our soul is responsible to take care soul s o l s o u l is responsible to take care of our spirit which is our purpose our soul purpose is to take care of our spirit now we have a daily purpose which is daily purpose to buy a house to to become a singer to do something like this is a daily purpose but your soul purpose that we were born to do on this earth is to take care of our spirit. And my spirit was dying. When God, higher self, whatever you want to call it, it just brought it and showed it to me like I have it, that I need to take care of that. Like, don't, don't worry, look at this. Whatever it was, the message, I got that message and it was very clear and guided from that point on. I was guided, but I was tested as well. Life was testing me after that. You can imagine I was married three days after my 14th birthday, walking into marriage that they didn't want me there. My mom couldn't feed me and I went into marriage. They didn't know even 
I was getting married to their son. So I, I wasn't welcome for three and a half years. I had to stay in their home. So I was challenged, a lot of challenge. What kept me going throughout those years is taking, knowing that I needed to take care of my spirit. And I somehow I created um, a strong intuition and I get access to the connection that I had. So it's, I don't claim I have any power or anything. I claim that I was just blessed to something to reveal to me. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. At the early age. And specifically in times of severe trauma, we have to learn how to cope, how to endure that. And then after the, uh, that war trauma, you had another trauma, which is being at someone's home where you don't feel like you're being desi desired or wanted. And before you know it, then you became young mother. So you had a, such a disruptive, very big um, milestones in your life happening one after another without really having chance to have the support opportunity to process that. And you will continue to lead courageously and resiliently. So your journey, when you came to United States, as you said, um you 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 were able to I, i'm curious what happened with your dyslexia did you were able to really own that and hone that skill so that you can really be able to progress and and how did you come up with solutions for it but talking about dyslexia dyslexia it's um hurt me throughout my 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 life at school and it was a very painful uh, for me because I had to repeat year after year. I was put down, I was told lazy, I was told not, I wasn't smart enough, I was good enough. So it really crushed my self-esteem, my self-confidence. I was put in the box that I didn't, I wasn't good for anything, basically. So when I came to the United States, um, I kinda like, I took the advantage that, well, it's not my language. Now I could say, I can't read your language. <laughs> I can't write your language. So it was easy for me to go around it and not to be embarrassed about it. So mm -hmm. I, I created, um, I, I, I became a very good um, going around my, my disability. Like for example, when I was a young, woman, if I go to eat somewhere, I say in my country, I say, well, what are you eating? Uh, well, I'll eat the same thing because I didn't want to read the menu because if I read the menu, I'm just seeing everything jumping at me, right? So it's like, okay, I'll eat whatever you're eating. Even if I don't know what you're eating, I'll just eat whatever you're eating. Um, it was, so I created different way to navigate around my dyslexia. Now, not many people knew about it because I didn't act it. I didn't dress the way that I was. I, I dressed confidently. I walked confidently. Nobody really saw what was going on inside of me. 
my appearance wasn't showing it. So when I came to the United States, I continued with the same system, but it helped me to hide it even more. So I was able to use my, my visualize and use my brain more freely. And when I get married, my husband is the most wonderful husband. Um, he's not an entrepreneur, he's American, he's not an entrepreneur, but he starts to notice that I have an entrepreneur mind. And he's like, well, um, he could use the, you know, the writing part of it. He doesn't like to write either, but if I need something in English, he could help me. And he, he said, well, do whatever you need to do. I mean, you're, seems like you're an entrepreneur. You could, I could put the puzzles together somehow. So my brain was very um, <clears throat> open to entrepreneurship. And uh, I could find solution for anything. Mm. I found out <clears throat> my talent later on in life. So I need to write a book. <clears throat> I'll find solution for it, right? Sorry about that. No, it's okay. And it's so interesting um, how we become resourceful, right? How we become yes. naturally subconsciously resourceful in navigating what's going on, navigating how we show up, how we cope, and then also how we engage, how we engage with others, right? In the same time. So I'm curious um, to hear a little bit, uh, obviously you did publish the book and you did address your dyslexia and you found a great effective method, how you organize your documents, how you read, how you see the letters and, 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 and you became very successful in an entrepreneur on the journey. So do you mind sharing a little bit, um, how did you uh, follow those instincts? Obviously you've been very much so connected spiritually, mentally, emotionally with yourself and able to really go a couple of steps ahead and already kind of know intuitively where to go. For everybody watching and listening who are not tapping in their intuition, what would you recommend for them? Um, <clears throat> I think what it is, I, it, it took me time. It's not just something overnight. When you, mm -hmm. when, it, when you learn how to listen to your intuition, uh, when you learn how to um, listen and um, the most important is to trust what's right for you. Mm. And when I trusted, <clears throat> sorry, I trust what's right for me. And spirit time, I trust what, what's right for me, I succeeded. Mm. And every time I trusted what's right for me and I listened to somebody else, it doesn't work. Wow, that is huge lesson for everybody watching and listening. <clears throat> Oftentimes we try to copy someone else. And it's kind of funny because we we're mentioning Kardashian versus Kardashian. And so many people copy, for example, the big celebrities, and but they don't really find work. who they are and, and they cannot ever get where they, they hoped that they would be. Yes. Or, or some people want to be Oprah, right? You're never going to be Oprah. You're yeah. never, ever going to be over. You're never going to be something, something else. But whatever you feel is good for you, whatever that might be, whatever your intuition, your voice, your inner voice is telling you, 
that is what's good for you. Mm. Don't that doubt is- it. Don't doubt it. So I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And when I doubt it, I don't succeed in it. And I go right back. Mm. And I go right back and do what I think it's the right thing to do. I follow. I trust. So you have to build. Most people think when you want to succeed is building relationship with others. Is building relationship with others. Is building this and doing this and doing that with, with, with other people. To me, it's always building relationship with me. It's not selfishly. It's not selfishly. It's always building relationship with my intuition, with my higher self, with my guidance, with connecting, asking. Um, It's like I'm always aware of the steps that I'm taking. I ask other people's opinion because it's always you have to. It's a fine line. It's a very, very fine line. Like, for example, the book, it's been written um, the first time by Ghost Rider. Then I took it and I wrote it myself. I used technology and I had an editor. So now I wrote it myself. Now, the third time, I heard people what they want. They want more of the, the light that I experience. I talked about it very little. They wanted more. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it more of that. See, because I listen to them too. So I listen to what they want and I go and say, okay, well, do you really want to do that? And if Mm -hmm. I felt it 100, when I'm ready for it, I do it. If I wasn't ready for it, I'm not going to do it. So you have Mm -hmm. to really um, not follow everybody telling you something and not, not follow when they're telling you something. It is a negotiation. It is time where you feel is right to do mm. it. It's a fine line, walking fine line. Mm. That's where I succeed in it, when I do something. Uh, and, and it is, <clears throat> it's, as you know, it's not an easy journey, especially when you have dyslexia. Sometimes I have to use two, three different programs to get what you can do in one program. Mm. Trust me, because Mm. one program can read for me, the other program cannot read for me, but I could read to it. Mm -hmm. And then the other program can do the spelling correctly. So it's like, sometimes I have to go use different programs to get to one thing that I need in my business to get it right, even though I have helpers, but my helpers, they need my guidance. They need my input. So I am the one who's running the whole thing, right? And mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to do to deliver my message my way. Uh, it's it's um, already already not easy, but for somebody like me, it's double, not easy. But I do it because I'm passionate, because I follow my what I meant to do in this life. I follow that I know my true purpose is to take care of my soul. And my soul, it's fat. Like you feed your soul by serving. 
that's how you feed your soul purpose. So mm-hmm. your spirit, that spirit inside of us, you feed it with love. You feed it when you're living, when you're giving. That's how you feed it. It lights up. You see, notice something. When you do something nice to somebody, what happens? You light up. Mm-hmm. If you, you're a good writer, you write something and somebody get an aha moment from it. Yes. What happened to you when somebody came to you after you speak and somebody told you, you know what? Thank you for sharing your wisdom. I, it, it just changed my life. I'm going to use this insight. What yes. happened to you? Now your spirit is lighting up. Every time that spirit is light up, you're nurturing that spirit. And that's how we nurture our spirit, by doing good. We feed it. We nurture it. So I learned how to nurture my spirit by giving the right things, not just giving money. Just a lot of people, they give money and think, yes. okay, well, I'm doing my, I'm taking care of business. I donate. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. Donating just money, it's not enough. There is yeah. bigger things in life to donate, which is your talent, your gift, your knowledge, your wisdom, your, your, your goodness, your mm-hmm. goodness, your smile. Yes. Those are, those are priceless. priceless. I can't ignore I cannot agree more. And it's so interesting because we live in a world right now when so much is shifting and people are awakening more and more to their spirituality, to their own understanding who they are and what they're all about and what they can and cannot do or uh, where they stand or, or, or what's important to them. What's their true purpose? Why they're here, right? And seems like you discover beautifully your purpose. You created also something exceptionally beautiful. You created Empowering Humanity TV. And I know you mentioned in the beginning that came from all of those tears of sadness and growth and unspeakable events that you have to overcome. And then for you for to be today who you are, you went through so much of, of those changes and transformation. So um, do you mind share a little bit for everybody that's curious here, what is Empowering Humanity TV show all about? It's about um, inspiration and education and life transformation um, programs. And what I believe is that by having this education inspiration programs, it mm-hmm. would lift the spirit of the people who's coming to watch or read the magazine or be uh, uh, learn from our online classes. Everything is about education. So many people are stuck in their life sometimes and their spirit light is dying because they're stuck. And in, in my way of serving humanity is to light, that, light them up by give them, giving them direction, by maybe sharing your article in my magazine, by sharing your wisdom in, in, in my, when I interview you, right? By sharing your knowledge in, one, in the class. So see, your, your, your wisdom will light somebody else's light. So what I'm doing is I'm bringing experts 
I'm bringing teachers and I'm letting uh, the students meet the teachers. So the light will appear. And therefore, the more people they light up, the more altogether we could lift the consciousness in this world. And when we do that, we will have less war and conflicts. Because why? We will have more self-confidence and people will be busy finding different ways to do things in life more than just being angry and upset because they can't find their way in life because their light is not shining. See, that's how I empower humanity. That is beautiful. And I love, again, how you use all of those experience and wisdom to bring awareness to so many. And one thing that I learned that your show is being shown around the globe and you have a very big uh, following and viewership in different parts of the world. So it's so beautiful to see impact that you're creating from the pain, from sorrow, from very difficult challenging situations. And now you are lifting up others and bringing everybody um, together so that everybody can thrive and be better off in during those difficult challenges times or just in life in general. But you also mentioned earlier, you published the book and I know you're so proud of that book from so many reasons. Uh, from what you experienced, how did you wrote it, overcoming dyslexia and hearing your own voice and proving again that you, whatever you put your mind self to it, you can find a way. So your book is titled Tears of Hope. Of hope. Seeing light through darkness. This is mm. the light, seeing the light through darkness. Um, the new edition, it will be May uh, next month, the first week of May. Uh, of 2023 in case somebody's watching it next year. Uh, so I wouldn't buy it before that because if you want to get the new edition, it would be next month, you know, very soon. That is great. And in terms of tears of hope, obviously, you 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 put your stories and 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 put yourself so vulnerably out there to help others, and it's possible to get tears of hope. What do tears of hope mean to you? Because right now I feel like a lot of people are going through so many challenges and and struggles. And um, what would you be telling them as a life lesson? And any piece of advice, if you could just tell them one piece of advice, what to do differently, what that would be. Don't try to be perfect, to be beautiful and powerful. You are beautiful the way you are and you are very powerful. Just believe it. Mm. Just believe it. Don't try. Mm. That is powerful. Yes. And, 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 one thing that really struck me, how you carry yourself, and you said from early time, even when you came to United States, you had that confidence. And even though you had so many challenges, that could not be noticed and seen. And you had a, so much courage. Do you believe that courage that you have and everything you experienced came from that strong spiritual connection and awakening for you? Of course it did. But again, it was an experience that I had to work through it because sometimes it went away a little bit because life, it took me down. I lost other family members and it was another journey that I'm just giving, I gave you just a little bit of my journey. 
It was up and down, and sometimes uh, really shifted a little bit and came back and shifted. And I write this in the new edition. So I, I'm writing more of the really, uh, how I really mold it to be where I am today. It took mm -hmm. time to build it, not just, okay, when magical happen and, and that's it. Everything in life I learned, it's a working process. It's a working, it's, it's something you're gonna have to work on it. It's mm -hmm. not overnight, there's no one pill fit, you, know, you could take and your life can change. Uh, there is one thing you could learn and take it from there and work it. That's mm. that's one advice I could give to somebody. Your life, it's it. Uh, this is the biggest. We are living in the big. It's the most powerful school. It's life. Yes. We don't stop learning. This is the most powerful school we're in. The time we stop learning is the time we leave this earth. And what will happen? One time I went to. I wasn't feeling well. And then my husband said, well, I need to get, take you to, to the hospital because with my chest. And I said, no, I don't have time. I was so busy. But anyway, I went there and then they were putting that machine. It goes up and down like that, boom, boom, like this, you know? And then I was looking at that. I said, hmm, that sound is gonna bother me. But can you imagine that there is no sound and it's going straight? That reminded me of life. Can you imagine your life? There is no obstacles or challenges and going straight. No, life, it's, it's exactly your heartbeat goes up and down. Your life is going to go up and down. That's how you're going to learn. Life is going to beat you sometimes. And you're going to understand this is beating me because I'm learning from it. I'm growing from it. I'm getting better from it. That's how my, mind, my mindset was. And every time I go through something, I go through it and always tell myself I'm going I'm learning from it I'm getting stronger from it this is for me not against me what can I learn from it so it's um if I could tell them anything adopt the idea adopt the idea that once when, when um, your life is not going to change right away and it's mm -hmm. not she did it I can do it too yes but what did she do mm. how did she do it you know, yeah. how he did it, I want to learn, not overnight. It didn't happen. Nobody have it overnight. Mm -hmm. Very true. You, you look so at Oprah, you think, yeah, you look at Oprah, you think, oh, she did it overnight. Go hear her story, right? Yeah. Nothing happens overnight. We have to put a lot of efforts. And you and I know that very, very well. And also, even though we have opportunities, we have to work hard for them. They just don't show up and say, well, here we go, here we go. You have to really put so much growth and effort and time, but also hope and believe, and also a lot of courage. And it seems like you are a really able to do that throughout your life. And I just want to say, I really kudo you. And for everybody watching and listening, I'm curious where 
they can find your beautiful book uh, as you said it's coming up in a month but uh where where the new edition will be also where they can find a little bit more about your show or everything that you've been doing because you are now publishing the magazine you very busy lady <laughs> yeah everything you could find on empowering humanity tv.com um on amazon you could find tears of hope by amy kudashian um, I think it's going to be like 10 days from now, May, first week of May, this, the new edition should be up and running. And also there is the Tears of Hope anthem. It will be coming up. I let you have a sneak peek and you watched it a little bit. Remember yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Uh, so maybe we'll do another uh, interview. We'll be publishing that next uh, in June. That is fantastic. A lot of things happening. Yes, a lot of things happening. And I'm so glad you're here with us because uh, not only what you already accomplished, but also what is coming. And it's super exciting to see that you are not slowing down anytime soon and you're serving humanity in such a beautiful ways and connecting people around the world with your global also audience and people that are right now thinking that are out of the hope and hopeless and they don't see a way out. Uh, I'm just so glad that we have these beautiful efforts and platforms and forces that can truly give people um, opportunity to restore their hope. With that in mind, what is the next in bucket list for you? And what are you anticipating to create as your lasting legacy, Amy? The movement, the Tears mm -hmm. of Hope movement. And that's tearsofhopemovement.com. Um, that's, that's the legacy I want to leave behind. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I call it hope you asked me about hope. Because if you spell hope, hope is having open possibilities every day. Mm. So when we're having open possibilities every day, if a human being goes with that, they will understand when they're down and they're looking for hope, just remember you have open possibilities every single day. Mm. and hope is what we need in humanity right now yes. we need that open possibility we need to adopt that idea and you know we talked a lot about me but you inspire me as well I mean you're doing amazing things you've been in the war you traveled you've been through a lot and now you're sharing your journey and that's so inspiring and that's, I admire you for doing that I really admire you. And I can't wait to have you being part of Empower Humanity. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.